and welcome to this episode of Top Class, the OECD's education podcast. My name is Henry and I work here in the Directorate for Education and Skills at the OECD. And it's Friday afternoon and I think we're all, we're all winding down for the weekend, but we thought we could just take the time left in this afternoon to talk about a few things going on in education today. So I'm here with OECD's Director for Education and Skills, Andrea Schleicher. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about EAG. EAG is Education at a Glance. It is a yearly report on the state of education globally that we release. And some of the interesting findings this year were about tertiary education. And for those who don't know what I mean by tertiary education, I mean uh, universities, uh, post-secondary education, getting university degrees, usually referring to bachelor's or equivalent. Um, so I actually want to bring out some statistics first from EAG. And just a warning to listeners that if it sounds like I'm reading this statistic off a piece of paper, it's because I very much am. Anyway, here goes. According to EAG, on average across OECD countries, the employment rate of adults between 25 and 64 years old who hold a bachelor's degree or equivalent is 84%. Andreas, do you think that should be higher? Well, if you think that employment is the only reason why people study, you might wish that number would be higher. But there are lots of reasons why people may, you know, drop out of work, do other things, pursue other forms of social activity. And we need to look at tertiary education in the sense it is wider than just immediate employment. You know, there are lots of social benefits that people can create by being better educated. And there are lots of ways in which they can contribute to the economy without being in formal employment. Think about the gig economy. Think about, you know, new forms of work. So I think this number is pretty high, and it's a lot higher than for people without tertiary degrees. What does the data actually say then about um, the value of getting degrees degree in terms of, of the, I don't know, uh, employment rate, something like that? Yeah, employment is not so clear. Actually, even with a good vocational qualification, you can get pretty close to someone with a tertiary degree. The big difference come out in earnings. Basically, when you look at the lifetime earnings that education brings, they kick in really with the bachelor or master's equivalent. That's the high end of the skill distribution that really rewards uh, <coughs> good education. That's, and, and that's actually what, when you look at this over the last 10 years, people with advanced skills have seen better and better earnings over the life cycle, despite the financial crisis. People at the low end of the skill spectrum have really paid the price, and they see a deteriorating earnings prospects. And then you can look at a whole range of social benefits. We have good data showing a strong relationship between education and social participation, civic participation, even trust in our societies, the glue that holds our societies together. It's very closely related to the uh, skills that people have. It's funny that you mentioned the financial crisis, because I think in the immediate aftermath, after 2008, there was a lot of talk about there being too many college graduates for too few jobs. Um, in some OECD countries as well, I imagine there was, in fact, there was, there was talk about um, trade jobs, manual trade jobs, not finding people with the right skills. Should countries be promoting more both academic and vocational? And how, how should they negotiate that? I think we need to recognize that people learn differently and sometimes differently at different stages of their lives. There can be more academic forms of learning, more work-based forms of learning. And we should you know, promote a multiplicity of pathways that enable people to decide and get more ownership over what they learn, how they learn, where they learn, and when they learn, sort of making lifelong, life-wide learning 
a reality should be our goal. I'm not sure that's simply about promoting vocational education. You know, that's always easy to do for other people's children. Now, I think actually the, the, the big rewards often come with it, uh, academic education, but having a multiplicity of pathways. When you, when you look at those numbers, we also need to keep in mind that there are several things going on. Yes, there are overqualified people, but there are very few overskilled people. Sometimes, you know, the package that you buy with a degree doesn't actually hold the promise in terms of the skills universities provide. It's a mismatch. Uh, skills and degrees are not the same thing. People continue to learn. So, uh, and, and vice versa, you have lots of employers who say, despite, you know, university graduates having difficulties finding a job, employers tell you that they cannot find the people with the skills they need. There are lots of thing, issues around alignment, but overall, you know, while there is some degree of overqualification, you rarely find people who are really overskilled. Labor markets actually in the OECD are quite good in extracting value from the skills they find. Bring me back to the stats again from, from EAG. In countries like Australia, Denmark, the UK, Portugal, among others, the list is actually quite long. Getting a tertiary degree improves employment rates by only roughly seven percentage points or less compared to those who complete only, let's say, upper secondary the improvement rates of the same thing in other countries is almost double. What do you think accounts for those differences between countries? Well, there's several demand and supply factors involved. You take a country like the UK, yes, employment differentials are small, but employment rates overall are very strong. So there's only so much difference you can make in terms of employment when almost anybody in the population has a chance to get a job. But once you look at earnings, differentials are much larger. So I think that's really, I think, important to keep in mind. The other part to keep in mind is that um, <clears throat> when you look at uh, employment differentials, it's, it's that simply uh, a degree is not always a degree. In many of the countries, actually, some universities may not you know, keep the promise that they give to people. People invest a lot of time and money in studying, but they may not get the skills that actually lead to higher employment. So we need to keep that in mind as well, that the quality of degrees and qualifications uh, can vary quite significantly. And there's always a lot of overlap between different levels of qualification in terms of the skills that people actually attain. At the extreme, you can say that a Japanese high school graduate has about the same literacy and numeracy skills that we see in a Spanish and Italian university graduate. So there are lots of differences in the skills value of degrees that play out when you look for a job. And what about the demographics of people who, who do pursue degrees? The data from EAG suggests that there's some parts of society that are underrepresented. Um, should countries be encouraging a wider demographic of people entering university and, and the equivalent? And how can they? You know, that's for me one of the most disappointing findings from education, the glance that the best education opportunities still go to the wealthiest and not the best and brightest people. Now, there is education mobility remains quite limited. Social background is a big barrier to access to quality education. Again, when you look at the academic vocational split, that's often along, along social demographic lines, not along this potential that young people have. There's a lot that we can and need to do to improve that. Uh, it starts very early on. You know, yeah, We might not think as early as early childhood education, but that's where we create a level playing field. It's about schooling, ensuring that we tailor educational opportunities around the needs of people, that we match resources 
better with needs. And then comes tertiary education, where it's really important uh, to be much more cognizant of the knowledge and skills, attitudes and values that young people bring, rather than looking at very, very formal routes they have gone through to acquire those skills. Now, of course, you know, if a university pays a lot of attention to what high school someone comes from, then again, we cement the kind of social inequalities later in the lives of people. Are there some countries that do that better or uh, to include wider demographics or? Well, education at a glance provides good answers to this. When you look at the impact of social background has on schooling, you can look at countries like Japan in Asia or uh, Finland in Europe or Canada in North America, but that link is very weak. Basically, children from many social backgrounds get a good school education. When you look at university, uh, you can see some countries with high levels of education mobility, Sweden, the Russian Federation, again, Canada. And you see some countries where educational mobility remains very low. So actually, we have good data to see the consequences. Uh, I think when it comes to the sources of that inequality and where we can act, uh, it's, it's getting harder. But again, providing a level playing field for people early on, ensuring that we attract the most talented teachers to the most challenging classrooms and match resources with needs in school. Uh, make sure that educational pathways are always open. Now, some people learn at different stages of their lives and sort of keeping people, uh, keep, keeping the doors open is, I think, really important. I think a big part of that as well as what will affect it is, is funding in terms of uh, who it is that pays for education. Is it households or is it governments? Uh, EAG discusses some of the difference between the kind of cost and benefits uh, between taxpayers, how the costs are shared between taxpayers and between the governments mm. that, that are providing the education. Do you see any kind of trends in that that are worrisome or, or more encouraging in, in how higher education is funded? That's always a difficult question. Where do we find resources to give more people better educational opportunities? And how do we share those costs between individuals, taxpayers, employers, and so on? I would want to jump to very simplistic conclusions. You know, some people say asking people to pay tuition will increase social barriers. That's not what education at a glance actually supports. You can see some of the countries with the sort of highest shares of private payments actually coming out as the most equitable ones. If they have good ways to finance tuition, you know, through income contingent loans or means tested grants, that can be fairer than only paying public money to a few university places, which then go because access is constrained to the wealthiest children. So I think actually the challenge is to open access, to open as many doors as we can so that people have those choices and then to look for ways that, uh, you know, balance the costs and benefits. Uh, the question is not whether people have to pay tuition. The question is how do we make sure that everybody has access to the financing? income contingent loans again, or, you know, graduate taxes. Those are, in our view, quite efficient ways to open as many doors for as many people and ensure that the outcomes of higher education are open to anyone. So um, these, these questions need to be discussed in a quite nuanced way, and sometimes the simplest answers are not the best ones here. Well, Andreas, thank you for joining me. I know you're very busy, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And if you do want to know more about EAG, you can go to the OECD's education website, which is www.oecd.org forward slash education. And there you'll find updates about all of our latest work. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time.